Would you turn with me in the remaining moments that we have to the book of Revelation, the ninth chapter. I've entitled this message, The Return of Death. If you recall in the ninth chapter, I think it's the fifth and the sixth verse, the demons had been released during the fifth trumpet. And during this fifth trumpet, if you remember, death took a holiday, if you would say it that way. It says in verse 5 of chapter 9, they were not permitted to kill anyone. Rather, it says they were able to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a person. Verse 6 says, in those days men are going to seek death. In other words, they'll want to commit suicide. But they will not find it. They'll long to die. But death will flee from them. Well, where we've come to now, and we're going to go over again as we did last week. We talked a little bit about this particular place in Scripture in chapter 9. What we want to talk about today is how, how the death has returned and how the vengeance of God is poured out. And it, it, it is mighty. It's beyond mighty. You're going to see that there is four angels that are loosed. Let's read, please, verses 15 to 21 of chapter 9 of the book of Revelation. God's most glorious and wonderful word. The four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released so that they might kill a third of mankind. And the number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And this is how I saw the, the vision, the, the horses and those who sat on them. The riders had breastplates, the color of fire and of hyacinth and of brimstone, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of a lion. And out of their mouth proceeded fire and smoke and brimstone. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone, which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they do harm. Verses 20 and 21. And the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the work of their hands, so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or of their sorceries or of their immorality nor of their thefts. What we are seeing is that they didn't repent of the, the worship of demons and their making of idols. That's the things that they do with their hands. That's the, what that reference means. That they made idols of gold and silver and wood and, and the rest, which could neither see nor walk nor hear. But not only did they go that way, they also continued in their moral sickness, their moral sins. They continued to kill one another, murder, they continue to do drugs. That's what sorcery means. Pharmaceutical products, drugs, and, and, and worshiping of false idols. They continued on with their immorality. And that talks exclusively to sexual sin. And they continued with their thievery, their stealing. In other words, not only were the demons doing what they were doing and killing a million, or excuse me, a third of the people of mankind, which is very important, we'll note in a moment, 
But they also, the, the people who lived on the earth at that time, were also doing these terrible and despicable things. Evil abounded on the earth. And so death now returns, and it returns with a vengeance. Let me pray first. Father, please bless. Bless Pastor Mark. Watch over him and his church. May that congregation really sense that your presence each time he fills the pulpit. Will he represent you, Father, as boldly and as, as confidently as you have enabled him, Father, by the study of your word it may not sense that his presence is there at all, but yours teaching and leading those people in Orange and those that come from whatever distance they come from to worship there. I pray the same upon us, Father. I pray that you would bless us. Not so that we would be a blessed people, but so that we would be able to bless others with what you have blessed us with. It's critical, Father, that we keep this church alive. It's critical. And so, Father, I pray that you would move me aside. Father, that you would allow your spirit, that you would allow yourself to be seen and heard at this time, not me. Open up our eyes, as it says in the book of Psalms, so that we might behold wonderful things that come from your law, the very word of God that we hold in our laps. Bless us and teach us, Father. I pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. In verse 15, the use of the definite article, the, talking about the, the four angels, suggests that this is a very specific group that were called out for a very specific reason. Now, their precise identity is not known. We, we believe and we know that they're demons that came out of the very pit of hell. But they could be, as it says in Daniel, the 10th chapter, they could have been demons who once controlled the four major world empires. That is Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Daniel chapter 10 talks of them. But more importantly than that is what we mentioned last week. We need to note God's precise timing and control over everything. Everything whether it be under the earth or on the earth or in the heavens above. In verses 15 and 16, read again, the four angels, they had been prepared, it says. They had been prepared for a certain hour, a certain day, a certain month, and a certain year, and they were released. They were released by God so that they could kill a third of mankind. Mankind is very important there. We've already learned out of uh, the 6th chapter, we'll go over it in a moment, Chap chapter 6, verses 10, and chapter 8, verse 13, that mankind were those who dwelled on the earth. In other words, those who refused to believe and trust in Jesus Christ. They were unrepented unbelievers. And so these four angels, along with, verse 16, an army that that was 200 million in size. And John writes... I heard the number of them because the number to him, I believe, was so absurd that he said, I heard the number. It was 200 million of them. People, as I said last week, all the forces of history, whether they be monumental, something like 200 million, or, or just a, 
a small, small little detail, God is in complete control. It is all under his sovereign will and control. Your life, my life, and he'll never lose control of it. The 200 million in their number, there's a debate whether they're human beings or demons. Frankly, I believe that, that what we are seeing is an invasion of the demonic world upon the earth. It results in God allowing a, those four angels to open up the door to the bottomless pit. The description of these, these riders and, and the horses will confirm this in a moment. The figurative language that is used to describe these horses suggests that they're supernatural. It also confirms that by, by who commanded them. It was commanded by the forly, four newly released demons. Now some have suggested that it is a human army. We will come upon a human army that's quite large in the 16th chapter Starting in the 12th verse, it talks about an army that was led by the kings that are from the earth, the, from the east. Please forgive me. Now we can already attest that the Chinese army today can easily number 200 million people. But there's no reference made to the size of that army out of chapter 16 that rises out from the kings of the east. Further, the army here in verse 9 is talking about the sixth trumpet judgment. The army that rises up in chapter 16 comes from the sixth bowl judgment. Two completely different judgments that will come upon this earth. We can see from verse 15 though, talking about this, this group of people, their purpose is to kill one third of mankind. And the word mankind there refers us back, as I mentioned just a moment ago, to chapter 6 and verse 10, and also chapter 8 and verse 13. Let's take a look back. Please hold your place here. Look back at chapter 6. Now I've mentioned this a number of times. Hopefully it is, you're familiar with it. If you recall, in chapter 6 and verse 9, John saw they broke the fifth seal. Not the fifth trumpet now, but he's talking about the seal. These were the, the first set of seven judgments. Seal judgments, trumpet judgments, bowl judgments. Seven each. When they broke the fifth seal, John said he saw underneath the altar the souls of those who were slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony that they had maintained Verse 10 gives us the clue. They cried out to God. These, these souls who were, were, were martyred during the tribulation period and now are in heaven, they cried out to God, O oh God, holy and true, how long will you refrain from avenging and judging our blood on those who dwell upon the earth? That's the mankind that is talked about in chapter 9. Same group of people that is talked about in chapter 8, verse 13. These people, we learn, are the unbelieving, unrepented people that walk the earth. Look at verses 16 and 17 of chapter 6, and we see they realize and recognize what is happening. They say, in verse 16, to the mountains, and they say to the rocks, Fall on us. 
Hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. They say, because the great day of their wrath has come. And then they ask, who is able to stand? And we can, of course, answer loudly and assuredly, no one can stand against our God. No one. So before describing the horses in verse 17, back to chapter 9, please. What we realize now, the third of mankind is not everybody, it's unbelievers. Because it is now, I think, almost assuredly that the church is with the Lord in heaven. The only ones that are left on the earth are those that, that came to believe and trust in Christ and have not been martyred and all unbelievers. That's who's on the earth during the tribulation. And this will all come to a greater understanding as we get along in this book and we, when we see that, that, that those people will go some into the millennium. But that's for another time. And so they're going to kill a third of the mankind. And John describes those in verse 17 who sat on the horses. The riders, he said, they had breastplates. The color of the breastplates were of fire and of hyacinth and of brimstone. Fire, hyacinth, brimstone, smoke. That's a description of hell itself throughout most of Scripture. I just chose two places. Chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, verse 8 says, For the cowardly and for the unbelieving, for the abominable, for the murderers, immoral people, for sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars... Their part will be in the lake of, that burns with fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone. This is the second death. That's hell. But it's also a description of, of what is like hell when it was like hell on earth in Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis chapter 19, verses 24 through 28. It said, The Lord reigned on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire. A couple of verses we'll learn. And smoke. He overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of those cities and all that grew on the ground. It says in verse 26, his wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. In verse 27, we learn that Abraham arose early in the morning and he went to a place where he had stood before the Lord, and he looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah and towards all the land of the valley. And he saw, and behold, he saw the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. Smoke, fire, brimstone. Fire in Greek is the word P-U-R-I-N-O-U-S. It refers to a fiery red color. Hyacinth is H-Y-A-K-I-N-T-H-I-N-O-S. It refers to a very dark, grayish, black, blue color. It's, it's smoke-like in its hue. Brimstone, on the other hand, is where the problem lies. Brimstone is the word in Greek, T-H-E-I-O-D-E-I-S. It refers to a sulfurous yellow rock. When it is ignited, it produces a flame along with a smoky, suffocating gas. In verse 18 it says, A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, fire, smoke, 
That's what came out of the brimstone and brimstone. Remember last week I said to you that God made a statement that is almost, you can almost read past it back in the very first book of the very start of our Bibles in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. God simply says, My spirit shall not strive with mankind forever. A very simple statement. My, my spirit shall not strive with mankind forever. Well, here in chapters 6, 7, 8, and especially now, in chapter 9, we have come to that place where His vengeance overrides His grace. Finally, His spirit is not going to strive with mankind. Now, how they are killed is found in the rest of this chapter, chapter verses 16 through 21. First, we see there is a large army that appears, 200 million strong. No explanation from where they come, but more than likely we can surmise they come from the four angels that were bound and now released them out of the pit of hell itself at the great, it says, river Euphrates. We mentioned last week it was near the Euphrates River that sin began. It was there that the first lie was told. It was there that the first murder was committed by Cain over his brother Abel. It was there that they started to construct the Tower of Babel and God confused their languages. And the Tower of Babel was built. It was where the origin of false religion began. And it, it is spreading across the world in which we live today. Where church upon church upon church can fight back against the false religions of this time that which we live. That's why Pastor Mark has such a privilege there to preach the very truth of the Word of God. Now whether these images that John saw were men or demons, it's debatable. I've read all the commentaries I could on it. But whatever they have, you must admit, superhuman traits. Verse 17 says, Out of their mouth came fire, smoke, brimstone. That they are demonic. It's, 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 I think it's taken by, by what we read. The horses differ so greatly from ordinary horses, indicating that these horses come from another order. Coupled alongside the four bound angels who leads them, gives us a strong case to, to believe that this is a demonic force that is rising up against mankind. But John noted that the heads of these horses, verse 17, were like. Like, whenever you see that, is a simile. They were like the heads of a lion. These demon forces were fiercely, relentlessly, determinately there to stalk and slaughter their victims. In the New Testament, Peter warns in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, he says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert, because he says, Your adversary, the devil, is prowling about like a what? A roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. John noted three ways in which these demonic forces killed their victims, all of which pictured the violent, devastating fury of hell itself. They incinerated them with fire and they asphyxiated them with smoke out of brimstone. And the result? 
Well, the result was verses 18 and 19. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, fire, smoke, and brimstone, which proceeded out of their mouths. The power of the horses is in their mouth and in their tails, because it says their tails, in verse 19, are like serpents that have heads, and with them they do harm. Look, I... I went on Google, which I don't do, I don't, I don't get all of that that much, but I did. I Googled how many people, I wrote, is there on the earth today? And it came back, are you dumb or what? No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> that would be my computer would say something like that. No, it said 6.7 to 6.9 billion people on the earth today. And if a third would be killed, that would be 2.3 to 2.4 billion people. Are you kidding me? What are they going to do with that many bodies? What is the earth going to be like? How rancid must it be? How terrible must it be? It would be a war zone. No matter where you are, it would be just horrendous what would, what would be taking place. And, and, and oh yes, re remember yourself this. Back in the fourth seal, a fourth of mankind were killed. Now some have argued that these animal or horses that John tries to describe are modern warfare machines that go into battle. Perhaps. I mean, it could be helicopters that he saw. It could be airplanes. Who knows what? But the text that we read here and the Greek language that we read here leads most people to believe that these are demonic angels who are doing the damage on this earth. Nonetheless, to argue this point is irrelevant in my opinion. It's secondary to two things, the result and the reaction. The result is, whomever it is, a third of mankind were killed, dead, and the reaction is, the remaining unbelievers, two-thirds of the people of this earth, over four-point-some billion people, will not repent, refuse to repent, and blaspheme God. Almost, if you would, shake their fist in the face of God for what is happening on this earth. Look at verse 20. They did not repent of the work of their own hands. When you see that, the work of their own hands is talking about making idols. They did not repent of the work of their own hands. In other words, making idols with, with their own hands, which stood for idolatry, and it made out of gold, silver, brass, stone, wood, that could neither see, nor hear, nor walk. Remember when we read just a while ago out of chapter 6? They knew what God was doing. They asked the mountains. They asked the rocks, hide us, please. Hide us from the presence of Him who pours out His wrath upon us. But what do they do? They, they, worship, they worship demons. They make idols with their own hands. They absolutely would not change their attitude towards God and repent. By the way, right here is the first reference we see of repentance since we saw the churches mentioned in chapters 2 and 3. And it'll be the last time that is mentioned until we get to chapter 16. In fact, 
Turn with me, please, just for a moment. Hold your place here. Look at, ahead, two, two chapters, chapter 16 to verses 9, 10, and 11. The only other time you and I will see repentance mentioned is when it is negative. By that I mean that men and women will not repent. Look what it says in verse 9 of chapter 16. People were scorched with fire and heat, with fierce heat, excuse me. They were scorched with fierce heat. And what did they do? They blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues and they did not repent so as to give him glory. Talks about the fifth angel who poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast and his kingdom became darkened and they gnawed at their tongues because of the pain. And what did they do? Verse 11, they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores and they did not repent of their deeds. Listen, the death of a third of their fellow mankind would not change their sin habits nor their hearts towards God. Even though they knew the helplessness of their own idols, their own idols couldn't hear, couldn't see, couldn't walk. By the way, that's normal. That is normal for people who, who refuse to fall under the very essence of who God truly is. You see, people always want to try to make God in their image so that they can control their God. They make him so that, that he or she or it fits into their parameter of what is right and what is wrong. Hardly anyone wants to hear of a God says, You are a wretched sinner. You are lost in your sin. And unless you repent, you're going to hell. But that's the true God who tells you and me the truth about who we are. Sinners who have been saved by the grace of an almighty God. No, they, they would rather make idols out of gold and silver and wood and whatever, but they make them so that they do what they want them to do. You see, I hear it all the time. People say, who are you to say what is right and wrong? It's, I, have, I know what I should and shouldn't do. I have my own morals. So it's normal that they would make gods in their own image. And so again in verse 21 it mentions they will not repent. Not only do they continue to worship idols and Satan, but they also won't stop from their own moral decay. They want to murder, they continue it. They want sorceries, in other words, their drugs and their false idols, they continue. They want their immorality, in other words, they want to have sex outside of marriage, and so they continue. They want to still be thieves, and so they continue. What about our society today? What about us? Murder. Gosh, we're seeing kids killing kids. Drive-by shootings because one gang doesn't like another gang. Are you kidding me? Murder. How about abortion? Not only just in the United States of America, but across the world in which we live, there are more aborted babies. It's tragic. What about drugs? People doing drugs all over the place. False idols. Immorality, sex, outside of marriage. We're seeing young people having sex now in, in schools. We're seeing a 
huge percentage. I, I want to say, I think I heard 70%, I don't know, of, 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 of children born outside of marriage. I don't know what the number is. That might have been purely exaggerated because I don't know that for a fact. I don't have that written down. It's something I thought I heard, but I could be dead wrong. But nonetheless, there are babies being born out of wedlock left and right, which creates the destruction of marriages, destruction of children, destruction of families. And what I saw yesterday morning, Pastor Bill and Pastor Fred and, and those of us that were here, when they saw these four grandchildren speak of their, their grandpa Louis and how he led them or talked to them about Jesus Christ and how much they were going to miss that. That's life. That's true family. And thefts, taxes, on and on. In other words, what they will not do is repent of their social sins. I ask you, are we not in these days today as I speak? Of course we are. People, we've got to stop. We've got to at least stop here in our own lives for the sake of our children and their children. We must follow the one who can see us. We must choose to follow the one who can hear our prayers. We must choose to walk with the one who will walk with us in our time of need Hebrews 4, 7 says this, if you hear today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. I'm going to close with just that thought. If God is speaking to you in any way, shape, or form right now as we close this service, don't harden your heart to what he wants to say to you. Listen to him. If he's asking you to repent, I beg of you, repent. I'm telling you by the grace of an almighty God, you will never find joy like the joy you find that when you follow the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And, and am I saying to you that it's easy? No. No, I'm not. I'm just saying to you that it is the joy of joys to know your Savior and to pass the knowledge of your Savior along to your children, your families, your loved ones. Oh, Father, if there ever is a plea from my heart, it's that. That we would stop the madness of the sins of the society. And, Father, that we would become the people that you've called us to become. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you, Father, please let them not put this off for another moment. Let them come to trust and believe in you even now. That they would ask Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins and to have him make them into the type of person that he has created them to be anyways. And for the rest of us, Father, who know you, may we walk with you, Father, walk with you in great joy, knowing that you are the one who can see us and hear us and walk with us. Bless us, Father, not for our benefit. Bless us, Father, so that we might bless others. Thank you for Mark sharing with us the example of what we did as a church. Some of us here had no clue what we did, but you are just as much a part of it as anyone else that did it. You are a part of saving that ministry. 
If nothing else you do today, you should go home and rejoice in that truth. Now, Father, I pray you'll bless us all. In Jesus' precious name, amen. By the way, I don't think I've told you, I love you very much. Have a great, great day. Thank you so much.